0: Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. We're here to do another edition of uh, Transfer Talk, kind of a a homekeeping episode. We'll go over all the latest um, Aston Villa transfer news and rumors surrounding the club and kind of just look at everything that's out there. Uh, Some things will be outdated, but nonetheless, we're here to discuss it. It's good to be back. And of course, it's Edom here, not alone, Danny Raza. How you doing, buddy? Hello, mate. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. It's uh, it's good to be back. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks, but uh, nonetheless, we're here to chat more things Aston Villa Football Club. But nonetheless, Danny, should we get to the first thing, and that being Matty Cash? Of course, he signed last Thursday. Being uh, what was that the. 3rd of September uh, this will be coming out I believe on the 8th um, so he signed for 14 million pounds from Nottingham Forest rising to 16 it's rumored to be of course he has played basically all over the right hand side uh, I think a right winger converted to a right back um, a smart signing in my opinion a lot of people online Danny are kind of losing their minds still saying well hey that's not a striker uh, and that being everyone's first priority but nonetheless my friend how do you feel about this signing yeah,
1: no, I feel um I feel happy with it. I think it's a good sign of what Dean Smith wants to do uh, going into the next season. Yeah, I think it means that he wants to start our wing backs bombing forward a little bit more. A little bit more uh a little bit more pace on that side. You know, somebody as well who knows um you know, know how knows that to get himself an assist. I think as well with Matty Cash, you've got a player who can play a little bit in midfield too. But yeah, no, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. It's a lot of money, but it's a young promising English talent. Uh, And also, I think it also gives Dean Smith a little bit more of an opportunity to play um, five at the back. You know, you can you can you can have a wing back in there. You know, he liked Konza near the end of the season. But the only one thing with him was that he couldn't, you know, get forward so well um, until the last couple of games anyway. But yeah, gives him the gives him the freedom to play with wing backs now. And I think that's uh, I think that's a good thing. Anything that improves our versatility is a good thing.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. So he signs on a, a five-year deal. Um, he just turned 23, I believe it was, last month. So there's still a lot of room to grow, a lot of potential, um, and kind of fits what our kind of ethos is right now. It's signing players that can eventually be sold on for higher profits if they work out. Of course, uh, made 41 appearances for Forrest last season. Um, and of course, he was a staple in their side. They are very sad to see him go and, very rarely do you of course fan bases from opposing sides that of course we buy from or other clubs buy from you'll see some people saying they wish them well but there'll be like a negative here and there or whatever but with him it's seems to be hundred percent positive everyone from the forest side wishes they kept them so that's a positive in my eyes and i, I guess the thing we can talk about here briefly danny is What does this mean for uh, Gilbert and El Mohamedy? Because you you saw uh, Keep or whatever, uh, if you want to speak French, you can pronounce that better (laughs) than I can, whatever. Um, They said basically Gilbert could be going back to France. I think that's just an easy link. Uh, What does this mean for Elmo as well? But uh, for me, it means, like you said, more flexibility. We have a utility man here. We struggled with that last year. We didn't have too many players uh, that could kind of shift into a different position if needed so that gives us the flexibility there uh, but like I said Danny what do you think this means for Gilbert
1: yeah I think for I think for Gilbert it's it's looking like it there's a possible loan isn't there I mean I think I think what uh, what you've got to consider is that El Mohamed is you know a year until the end of the until the end of his contract so I wonder whether he's you know, going to be in Dean Smith's plans? Is he going to move into coaching? What's you know, what's what what is he going to do with him? The other thing I wonder about is whether if we do go with five at the back or three at the back and, and two wing backs, whether Joubert starts slotting in a little bit more at centre back there. But if we're being realistic, he's he's going to be going out on loan, isn't he? Most likely, I don't know, but uh, that's kind of the the feeling. I think the feeling that everybody got near the end of the season was that Dean Smith, for for whatever reason. Um, didn't quite fancy Gilbert because Esri Conzer ended up playing right back and you know after after lockdown and I think there was some talk of Gilbert maybe you know not being totally match fit but um, yeah certainly looks like Dean Smith's kind of coming in and saying look no this is you know this is my player Matt Cash is my player um, and I'm gonna fill the team with with, uh, with 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 guys that fit into my system um, I don't know why anyway I do like Gilbert I do like Gilbert but maybe he's not as um not as quick on the one-twos as Dean Smith seems to, seems to like with his players.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because part of me almost wonders if we keep all three um, and kind of just chop and change them throughout the season. Because I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you, say, had Maddie Cash at right back and then you brought Elmo on um, for El Ghazi later in the game for some reason. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you need the, that crossing ability, if you need kind of more of a... a I don't know, a blunt force, if, if you can say, because I know Elmo will be, I think, 33 in just a couple of days. Um, so with a year left there, he's probably going to move on. It's going to be an interesting one, and I never really thought the uh, right-back, wing-back uh, situation would actually be interesting, but it's probably been uh, the biggest debate that's actually uh, fresh news and current and we can actually talk about. But uh, nonetheless, Danny, let's move on to the next thing, because... That next thing is Ollie Watkins. We haven't really spoken about him much. I think we did briefly when we did our uh, the transfer targets. We would like that episode. Um, but now the rumors are coming out that apparently uh, Spurs are in for him. Uh, for me, it's one of those things where it might be kind of a smoke and mirrors thing. It might be kind of a, a ploy for Villa to add more cash to the deal because it seems like Brentford are holding on until the very last second, if possible, to get the most amount out of their prized asset. It's kind of crazy to me, Danny. We were talking about this uh, before the podcast. 25 or even more million for a championship striker. If we buy that, that has to be a record, wouldn't it be? Like I can't think of anybody else being bought from the championship that would ever cost that much. Yeah, I mean, there have been big signings
1: in the championship, but um, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that record transfer fees in the championship. But um, like certainly, I don't remember fees being that big for strikers. I, yeah. I I I never remember that. I never remember that happening. Like it was crazy that they want 28 million. But then again, if it was us, you know, when, when when we had Jack Grealish in the championship, you know, we were scoffing at that kind of figure. But is Ollie Watkins as good as Jack Grealish? Is he as promising as him? His goal record says maybe, but we've dished out big money on championship strikers before, dude. We we dished out m- big money on Ross McCormack, on Jonathan Codger. In fact, less money, um, but still significant amounts. And they didn't really cut it at Premier League level. Um, I mean, not that they had a chance, but they didn't even cut it at Championship level. So, what can you True. say, really? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know when you look at the top, ta- when you look at the top Championship fees, by the way. Our play, our sort of like numbers are all over the place in there. Oh yeah, we, yeah. like we we, have we to be signed, up there. yeah, like we signed McCormack. Scott Hogan cost a lot of money. Roger. Yeah, and I don't know if it kind of makes us build this reputation that like yeah we've got the money we've got the funds, but I think it's the market as well. It's the COVID market. If you're Brentford, you're thinking okay, well how am I going to replace them? Uh, they brought in uh, I, they brought in Ivan Tony, but for for my for my money, I don't I don't think he's gonna replicate what Ollie Watkins did.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I look at this two ways. Of course it's the sign of the times, the market with COVID and all that kind of stuff. You don't see a lot of teams signing players. Well look at West Brom, they're basically just re-signing um players that they had last season that worked in that promotion squad. Yeah, in um, Ghana. Yeah, you you look at you look at leads, they're kind of the exception um uh, Newcastle are basically just buying Bournemouth players um so it, it's just there's not much going on a lot of people are freaking out um but y- you know what we also have a bit of a blessing too Danny because we don't play for uh, another 13 days where everyone else is playing in 7 so we do have a little bit more time I I that's kind of clutching at straw saying that um it does concern me but at the same time I would rather us take time to get the signings we want instead of just kind of going in for plan D, E, F, like whatever it is. It, it, we just, I don't know. It's a weird one. It's its never really happened before. Um, it, it's just unprecedented times, and I think a lot that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But if you look at it from the Brentford standpoint, they're probably looking at it uh, this way. Look, we don't have to sell them. We have a, a squad if we can keep it together as much as possible, adding Tony as well. That can push for promotion. They're favorites. And I'm sure Ollie Watkins is um, an ultimate professional and would be willing to stay there because he knows they have a great chance at getting promoted as well. So there's the aspect there. I've heard rumors of it being Villa's 25 million bid and Brentford want 28. Now, I think that's a little silly because I'd I'd, I'd assume we'd stump up the cash if it was a $3 million difference, Danny. I, I can't see us just being petty over that
1: yeah i mean you say that but you know you can't just roll over you can't just roll over for it i mean i i I understand that you you need to make the signings if you want to succeed but there there comes a point where the where the evaluation doesn't match the player now Ollie Watkins is brilliant you know play him up front you can play him on the left wing as well uh it gives us that gives us that versatility same thing with Ben Rama you know you could get somebody like Ben Rama in the team and see what they did uh, see what they can do, but you know sometimes those statistics don't don't translate into the into the Premier League, and then all you have is a 28 million pound Championship player. True. I don't want I don't I don't want to get I don't want to get petty because any born if if a Brentford fan was listening to this they'd be going hang on a second, you know why why you know <laughs> why are you saying that about our players like you know they they're, they're great you've probably never seen them play look I mean they've done brilliantly so far but what what on earth makes <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't understand how you can evaluate them at thirty million automatically after after one very good season. That's the thing. I mean, Borussia Dortmund just paid twenty five and a bit million, didn't they, for for Jude Bellingham from Birmingham? You know, yeah. So one of the brightest youngsters in English football. Is Ollie Watkins a better better shout than him? Is Ben Benrahm a better shout than him?
0: We'll see. Like, no. there's more potential uh, with Bellingham as well. What he's only like seventeen like he's, yeah he's 17 yeah where Watkins is what 23 24 if I'm correct it's 23 24 and this is the first yeah. season this is the first season where a
1: Premier League team will have looked at him and gone you know what I fancy a bit of that
0: yeah yeah no for sure I, you know what actually um maybe I'll do it as an exclusive for the Holt cast eventually I know a few Brentford fans um and websites I've worked with on the pet pa- in the past so maybe I'll reach out to them and we can do a special Um, if Watkins does sign or if the thing kind of heats up more with the rumor and we can go over it more with them um, and they can kind of validate things more for us because I think we're going down um, the right area it's just one of those things where who's kind of going to give way first Um, but anyways we'll see what happens there let's move on to Callum Wilson because of course today Sunday this will be out on the Monday of course he signed for Newcastle United apparently uh, Villa's bid was 21 million but they uh kind of uh, rescinded their offer and I I guess accepted defeat in that sense as the player chose and wanted to go to Newcastle um both me and Danny have either read or watched the interview with Sky Sports um a very odd one um to say at least Danny what did you think about it
1: yeah he said obviously I did consider Villa because uh I'm a Midlands boy myself he said that he um, it was a difficult decision, but that he preferred Newcastle in the end. You know what? I suppose in, in many ways, I like that honesty. You know, he just, he looked at Newcastle, looked at the team and, and said, you know what? I prefer the chance. I prefer my chances here. What they're doing is, is good. Now, look, us, us as Villa fans, we look at Villa and, and we know that there's, you know, that there's bright things, there's bright future at the club. You know, we want to, we want to do something about it. And and that's why we're being so particular with our, with our transfer business. But it does almost feel like when when there's other teams in the Premier League that have been there a little bit longer and have maybe maybe had another season to settle in pre-COVID, um, they they can look like a bit more of an attractive prospect for Danis. I mean, what did you what did you make of the Wilson interview? Um,
0: honestly, I didn't really find too much wrong with it. Like he kind of just talked about how both clubs are massive. He has great respect for both um he just kind of wanted to do something different um to me it kind of just reads to someone maybe that doesn't want to go home essentially quote unquote because he's from the midlands area maybe he wants to experience new things he kind of brought up the whole thing that his son has watched the goal movie um and wanted him to go to newcastle kind of as a little playful gimmick i guess you could say like I I didn't really see anything in there that was malicious. Like you go on Twitter and people are acting like he said, we're the worst club in the world. Like, but that's (laughs) Twitter for you. It's, it is what it is. I think like, I don't know anything. I'm not going to pretend to be an ITK, but he signed on a four year deal. The guy turns 29 in February. So on a four year deal, he's going to end up being close to 33 I'm assuming there's two things, in my opinion, why this probably didn't go through. Maybe three. Well, I guess you can say three. Maybe one, he didn't want to go back to the Midlands, wanted to experience something new um, up north. Um, Number two, I guess you could say, would essentially be the fact that we maybe can't give him the wage packet that Newcastle can. And people are saying, what are you talking about? We We have rich owners even personal has said we're kind of at a disadvantage to clubs that have been in the Premier League for the last three seasons because we're still kind of building up uh, those wage packets every single year. And, and, and long, also, yeah, is, is that
1: the way that we want to be run, though? Like, is, is, is that what we want to do, giving, you know, give 100k a week to
0: every, you
1: know, Tom exactly. Dick and Harry that, that, that,
0: that walks into the club? Yeah, like we still have a chance of going down. Like that's the real, like we have to be realistic we're we're in a situation where the next kind of goal is to finish even mid table, maybe like bottom mid table, and then just kind of build upon that every year to get to a stable part. To you, you kind of have to look at it and say maybe in two years or even after next season if we stay up, maybe we can have a hundred K per week player. Like you have to build up to that. You can't just unless you're crazily ambitious and have a lot of cojones. Like you can't just offer everyone on your squad a hundred K a week. And just say, okay, like we're going balls to the walls here and we're going to stay up and we're going to be fine. We're going to be uh, like a wolf situation. Like it's just not going to happen. And I guess the third thing I wanted to bring up too uh, would just be the four year deal. Like maybe we only wanted to offer him two or three. Like, the ethos that the club is going on is youthful players that have some resale value. Of course, you kind of have to mix and change, Danny. Like you have to have some experience mm. heads in there as well. Like I accept that, but yeah, if you if you a- if
1: you sign Callum Wilson, you know you're you're never making that twenty million pound back. I mean, yeah. I mean if he if he scores ten goals and they keep you up, then fine. But you're never selling him again for that money.
0: Yeah, but four years and he's going to be almost thirty three. Like this is his last big move. Like this is probably it for him. So. He's free to do what he wants. There was no obligation to go to Villa. I think a lot of people just assume because he's from the region. Um, It is what it is. In my opinion, it's I, I didn't want it just because of his injury record. It just seems like he has little spurts here and there where he's on a hot streak, scores a few goals, gets injured for a few months, scores a few goals, injured again. We already have Wesley. We don't even know what the heck's going on there. Will he come back and even be a shell of himself? And even that, there's a lot of people on his back when he was playing. There's a lot yeah, of question marks. There. Like, we already have Samada as well, who is struggling to score. Like, we don't need another injury-prone striker who may not score. That has to be the gist of it. If you have any more thoughts, my friend, let me know.
1: No, I think I think he would have been a good signing. But, you know, he's he's, he's not ours now. He's uh, But, like, I, I think... Twenty-one million was getting a bit uncomfortable for my yeah. liking, because I'd rather we went and signed another Wesley for twenty-four million. Do you know what I mean? And I know, I know, I know you might take that the wrong way, but Wesley was a very promising young striker who, you know, still promising. You know, he got himself Brazil call-up a couple of brazil call-ups and hopefully hopefully after the injury we managed to coach him back but i'd rather we went and signed another wesley for that kind of money 21 millions a lot um for 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 a striker a relegated club that you know as you say scoring record is okay yeah. um I mean, what about josh king i mean he's the other one that, that's that been linked isn't he his, his, his striking partner at bournemouth
0: yeah so i'm a little annoyed at this because i did these uh notes This morning, Um, basically, there's reports saying that Bournemouth want around 25 million, which seems a little actually not even a little crazy. It seems insane to me. Um, You're relegated and you're trying to dictate a 25 million pound price tag for someone who's only scored about has a roughly a one in three ratio, 48 goals to 161 appearances. Um, That's a little bit off, but it's close enough. Apparently, uh, John Percy has come out and said that Villa are going to bid 16 million as an initial bid. Who knows if that gets accepted. I feel like if if that's the case, a bid's going in, I feel like the middle comfortable mark's probably going to be 20 million. So I wouldn't be <laughs> surprised there. Like I I highly doubt they're going to accept 16. Clubs like Bournemouth right now are going to take what they can get. They have to build. I haven't really even heard of them signing a lot of players either, so they're clearly in just kind of sale mode right now. But yeah, like what do you think about this one, Danny? Because He's another player like you you kind of joked before we start recording. He is a um uh, a penalty scoring merchant, I guess you could say. <laughs> um to be kindly, he is also a utility player. He can play center I forward, d- striker, out wide. He's all over the place. It's kind of another player that we need.
1: I d- I didn't mean it to be mean when I said penalty merchant. No, I know. <laughs> um, he is a pen- he is a penalty merchant. But um like look, I think I think yeah, I think he offers movement. Um, I think we've got somebody who can play across the wings. I think we need that at times. Uh, it seemed like we didn't have a lot of penetration on the left and right wings. I know, I know Trezeguet managed to get himself in good positions, but somehow or another, he ended up playing like he ended up playing like Michael Owen on the on, on on the wing, like near the end near the end of the season. But I think what we need is somebody who perhaps can be a bit more of a driving force. Uh, he is twenty eight. Uh, that's the only thing that, that worries me about the the, the 16 million pound price tag. I almost feel like I wouldn't want us paying anything more than that. Uh, and I think the other thing is his goal scoring record isn't great. So he's not the guy that's going to come in and bang in 20 goals for us. Just forget about it. It's not going to happen. Good footballer, though. Um, the only thing I am worried about is... Whether he's the player that we get in that we go for because Watkins isn't available, because maybe Watkins was the ideal guy to play up front and also play on the wings. Maybe we've looked at Watkins gone, can't afford him, uh, so let's bring in King who can cover both positions.
0: Yeah, like, like we even talk, we, Christ, we talk about a lot of things before we actually start recording. <laughs> um, talk too much. Dude. <laughs> well, we make all the good points before we start, and then the rest of what we record is just the afterthought, basically, but uh. <laughs> No, it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't a lot of people are assuming we're going to sign two strikers. A lot of thing a lot of moving parts if that's the case because okay, for example, say if we sign Josh King and then we sign Ollie Watkins, fantastic. Like whatever, I will take that. That has to mean you're looking at Keenan Davis has to go out on loan and you're probably looking at um well, it either says one of two things. Either Wesley is basically almost out for the season again. Um it's way worse than we thought. Or uh, Samata's off like you're not going to have Watkins, King, Samatta, and Davis and then Wesley to come back. That's five strikers. I would love that because obviously King and Watkins can play it wide. We still do need wingers um, and we still need players that can kind of chop and change wherever it goes, because last year we didn't have that. If yeah, you apparently wanted, were not
1: linked to a single winger.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, apparently we were linked we were linked with uh one from Bristol City. Yeah, it, the name escapes me for like a few million pounds. And a lot of their fans were saying, like, oh, I wouldn't even mind this. So I wouldn't be shocked oh, if we good. No, I w- I wouldn't be shocked, any if we go
1: to Nicholas Alartison, by the way.
0: Yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> what you said. <saying. laughs> no worries. Um basically um, it wouldn't shock me if we go for another kind of like Hata signing where it's a few million pounds from the championship or somewhere just to kind of fill another s- space in the squad. That wouldn't shock me. Um, maybe someone who's a bit younger that has potential value to be like, who knows, maybe we sign someone for two million and he turns out to be the next Mahrez like, look at that story. That that's hopeful thinking. Um, I kind of highly doubt that's gonna happen, but <laughs> I I feel like that's the way we're gonna go about it. But no, you do make a, a very valid point. Like. The Watkins thing, Watkins thing has been going on for way too long. So who knows? Like the deal, like for all we know, the deal could be done and they're just waiting on something. Like we don't know. Um, you know what, Danny? Let's go to the last thing we were gonna talk about here, transfer wise. Um, yeah, there's no <laughs> No, exactly. Um, that being Ryan Brewster. Apparently, Villa are gonna spend around 20 million pounds or place a 20 million pound bid, I should say, for Liverpool's 20 year old Ryan Brewster now. I don't put much stock into this because I feel like everyone just linked us with him on loan and now to kind of get some clicks and to get some interest in this. They're just saying it's going to be 20 million pounds. Um, you know what, Daniel, I'll get your thoughts on this first and then I'll go to mine.
1: Mhm. Ryan Brewster. Yeah. Um, yeah. 20 million pounds. Actually, to be, f- I, know, I know that at first uh, I've been looking at that one and thinking, Hmm, it's a lot of money. I'm not sure how prolific the kid is. But the more I think about it, it's a promising young striker who scored 10 and 20 for Swansea in the championship, you know, made a bit of an impact for him. Um, I'd take it. But what's suspicious to me is why would Liverpool let such a talented young striker go for 20
0: million? Unless it has a buyback clause. That's the only thing I'm thinking.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. One like the Douglas Louise one which is inevitably exactly. gonna get caught caught on the day before the
0: transfer oh, don't, in Douglas. Don't <laughs> say that, please. <laughs> oh, I already had like I already cried to you about this like a few weeks ago. I do not want to relive that.
1: Wait, relive.
0: Yeah, like remember do you not remember when the whole there's rumors that City were gonna trigger his release clause? I was ranting to you about it on WhatsApp. Like oh, I was yeah, generally yeah. concerned. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well if it makes you feel any better, there's less than two months there's just less than two months until the end of the transfer window so um yeah uh you, you know you got plenty of time to worry about it
0: oh god I, I can't handle it no it's a it's a it's a weird link like in my opinion it's another loan situation um i wouldn't I be think shocked by yeah well, could be even then i don't know cuz uh, he he was a, a big part of why Swansea made the playoffs last season he scored 11 goals i wouldn't be shocked if he goes back down to the championship to kind of get another season to say, hey, maybe I can get 20 goals. I'm kind of wondering if this is another Tammy situation where uh, he goes on loan to, I think it was Bristol City, then he moves on to Swansea in the Premier League, does so-so there, and then, of course, drops to us in the championship and has an unreal season, goes Mm -hmm. back to a parent club and kills it. I wouldn't be shocked if that's kind of the route this will go. Um, And the same thing, when I think of Ryan Brewster, I, I kind of wonder what that means for especially if we bought him, what does that mean for Keenan Davis? Like, in my opinion, you're kind of buying another youngster. You're losing a relatively another young player on loan. But in a general sense, besides Davis potentially moving on loan for a season, what does that mean for his future? Like, I think that basically eliminates him from the club.
1: Keenan Davis is 22 years old. I really like him. I really like some of the elements in this game but you know he had 16 appearances for us in the Premier League last season and didn't didn't score a goal. I know I know a lot of that was off the bench but but you know it's 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 a little bit worrying. He only scored that one goal in the League Cup. Um and you know for the last few seasons it's been a bit like this. He didn't get the opportunity in the promotion season. No. Uh really, you know to be fair to him, but the season before that he did keep us going for a little bit. I just think that we need to give him a full season at another club. I, I don't feel as though it's unreasonable to send a 22-year-old striker who hasn't been scoring out on loan. One more chance, one more chance. See how you do, Keenan, and then let's worry about that when he comes back. I think that's the I think that's the thing you have to look at. Look, clubs are going to be desperate to to get somebody in. You know, again, what, with COVID, there's not been an awful lot of movement there's there's gonna be clubs that are desperate to get someone in send him out on loan see what you can do I think that's um I think that's 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 you know the ideal situation for all of us but I think Brewster if we brought him in instead of Keenan Davis I think it would be a positive move because we've got some because you know in in him you've got somebody who who consistently scored goals in the championship
0: oh yeah like the we we need to improve the striker situation regardless like that is first priority at every Villa fan can agree with that the thing with Davis and I can think of a number of championship clubs that probably need a striker he has everything like to for example yeah like he just has everything to his game except for goal scoring the one thing he needs he's like your archetypical center forward who is a, like just needs a striker to play off of like he is the man that's going to set you up for goals there's oh, I can think of what two or three times last season where like it just whistled wide of the post and it yeah. could have been a goal like he just needed that one to go in. And you never know how that one goal could have been such a difference. But nonetheless, like we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, you know what, Danny, before we uh, wrap up, why don't we go over the uh, the women's game and then we'll touch briefly on the uh, the preseason friendly against Arsenal. Would you want to kick off with the women's game first?
1: Yeah, let's, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the women's game. Um, I don't know if you managed to catch any of it, but it was I think I think promising in most parts. I think mostly promising. You know, I think first of all, just worth saying, right? Congratulations to them all, you know, for, for 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 getting promoted first of all, and you know, playing the first game in the Premier League. Gemma Davis is the manager, by the way, who is very likable, and I think is basically one of the youngest managers around. She's only 28 years old. Wow. And and yeah, I know, right? Um, and and she's been coaching since the age of like 16. So you know, we got we got we got to you know, two, two um, coaches who we can, you know, call our own here. You've got Dean Smith at the men's and you've got Gemma Davis and the in the women's. Um, so started that game pretty badly, unfortunately, because they let into really bad defensive errors. They lost 2-0 to Man City and both of them were like goalkeeping and defensive errors. But um, kept up, by the way, with, you know, the best team or one of the best teams in, in the division. You know, you're talking about like Man City, who have been bringing in loads of talent over from the states. You know, players like Sam Mewis. Um, you know, are highly rumored to be signing even even more big names. And Villa, they they they, they went toe to toe with them. They went toe to toe with them and showed that they belong in that division. Were undefeated in the in the second division, obviously last season. But you know, I think take the two nil defeat basically with with the women's team. And I think what you've got is a promising side who got basically a really tough lesson first game of the season i think that's that's worth saying but there's some really good players in that team cole namely diana Silva, who made her debut
0: yeah like it, it, i only saw some of the the highlights and things that were kind of um, shared on twitter but like i'm not really worried about it if i if i was a, a supporter of that of course i am and i'm just Speaking in general, like it's the typical, uh, I guess, first game jitters like you're in a new league, you're playing the top and I mean the top professionals in their profession. Like, what can you really do? You're going to have those errors. It's a learning curve. Like if you can go toe to toe um with one of the top clubs in the world, both in the men's and on in the women's side as well. Like, you have to give yourself a lot of confidence and go into the next game knowing that you can build on that. Maybe get a goal or two, keep a clean sheet, work on things defensively. Like, there's always room for improvement. So, it, the thing that really annoyed me, kind of away from the game, which took away from the game, I think, yeah. from a lot of people interacting on Twitter. Yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't want to get this into a political thing, but, like, sexism It's not political, is- dude. It's just sexism. Like, yeah. the, the amount of guys on there being like, oh, you, you know, like, ooh, they're just women. They shouldn't even be playing. Or just like, oh, my God, this is the typical Villa thing. Like, they're complete crap. Like, g- give it a break. Like, first of all, it's probably their first game they've ever watched. They probably watched five minutes and then complained. Like, it's just. Were well, the people I, taking
1: I, the mic like during the game? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, crazy. people are
0: complaining. Like, you'd think it was the, the men's team. Like, it, it's just unreal.
1: So I mean, I, I did put out I did put out a couple of tweets being like you know really disappointed with those two goals because they were very very bad goals to concede. But if you'd actually been watching the game, they played very well. I mean things like that happen. Like you know with, you know with the men's team when we when we got promoted last season, the amount of silly errors. It's just a different pace of game. You know sometimes sometimes in the lower divisions it's okay to pass it around the back. But I think you learn the hard way really quickly that, like, you know, at the top level, players are going to press you a lot harder and a lot higher up the pitch. Uh, and I think they learned that. But, yeah, dude, look, the sexism is real. And the thing is, Cole, it's not even, like, it's not even, you know, just the people who are having a go and just saying mean things. So I think just to set this up, right, this is – it's a little bit harder for you, you know, being in, being in Canada. I'm not sure what the watching situation is. But, you know, you can watch it for free in the U.K. So widely available, you know – Got an opportunity to watch a Villa team play, you know, with punditry as well, with you know, with good coverage. Um, you've got the opportunity to watch them on TV playing against a, playing against the top side. Whether or not it interests you, the DS, uh, the WSL, that's your own choice. However, the WSL is a really good is a really good um, league to watch. It's a really fun league. Um, you know, it's it's a good level of football. And for me, Cole, for me, it's just more Villa. Yeah, I get to watch the men's team and I get to watch the women's team. Brilliant. You know what I mean? so I mean look we, we we haven't got we haven't got Villa playing football until you know late, later than everybody else, you know, this <laughs> this season. Mm-hmm. And it, my 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 only thing was I didn't get why when I was tweeting about the women people had to tweet me back telling me that they weren't watching.
0: If yeah, I tweeted about the reserves
1: know. If I were tweeting about the reserves you wouldn't tweet me back telling me that it wasn't for you or that you weren't watching or that it wasn't a high enough level. I just think basically treat it as though it's any other Villa team. It's just more Villa. There is much a part of the club as Jack Grealish, there is much a part of the club as Tyrone Mings, John McGinn, etc. This these are Villa's players. These are the players that you support whether or not you're watching them day, week in week out. That's what I'm that's what I think.
0: No, exactly. Very well said. Like I think the thing. Sorry that to run. No, no, it's all good. Like it kind of had to be said. I think the thing that people have to be thankful for is we have two teams in the top flights of their game. Like, if you're gonna tell me that two, three seasons ago, like, oh my god, dude, I'm like, no, <laughs> like. You have to be thankful for the way that the club as a whole is developing and growing, not just in the men's game, but also in the women's game. You look at the academy with the youngsters as well. Like, everything appears to be on the up and up. Like, when's the last time you could really say that? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, th- I think a lot of people, and this is just a generalization and assumption, but I think a lot of people... Um, gave you those tweets are negative because they look at the men's side and then they just look at the club and go, well, yeah, we signed a striker. Like that's all anyone cares about. <laughs> We're, we've been linked yeah. with goalkeepers, uh, midfielders, wingers. Oh, but that's not a striker. It's just like okay, but like we'll sign someone eventually. Like just like take a nice tea, get your favorite snack, watch something on Netflix, and just chill the hell yeah. out.
1: Chill, man. It's International Weekend. You know, watch watch the women on the first first game of the WSL season or, you know, watch Jack Grealish sit on the bench for England or watch John McGinn play for Scotland. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't have to, um, you know, don't have to think about transfers all the time. You know, there's, there's plenty going on. There's plenty going on. You know what I mean? And also just worth saying, Cole, you know, there's some really good young players in that women's team that that is worth keeping your eye on. Right. Jodie Hutton, um, as Ale came off the bench, who looked fantastic at center back. Um, and also, just keep an, keep an eye out on Diana Silva. I have to say, if next time next time you watch a Villa women's game, if anybody hasn't tuned in yet, keep an eye out on Diana Silva. Very very exciting player with a mad scoring record in Portugal, like nearly a goal a game. Um, wow. absolutely controlled the left wing. So just just worth putting that out there. And speaking of control, Cole, I want to bring up Jacob Ramsey.
0: oh that's a good that was a good switch wow i should you know what i'm just gonna you can talk i'm just gonna log off we'll see you later danny's doing all the all the uh the switches here to the next topic i really like that go on my friend
1: i can't analyze the game for you because nobody watched the game because arsenal didn't want to broadcast it but um arsenal I know it's just it's just a, it's just a friendly. Let's not get excited, but um, basically Villa did really well without Jack Grealish, without John McGinn, without Tyrone Mings against an Arsenal side that started Pierre Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, started Willian. Um, well, sorry, I don't know about started, but played them. Uh, Danny Cabalos played as well. So did Ozil. But yeah, Villa won three two, and Jacob Ramsey grabbed two goals. And yeah. if you are interested, the other goal scorer was
0: who was the other goal scorer? Uh, Douglas Luiz. Luiz. Man like Louise. Like Louise. I just wonder if it's a sign that Ramsey might get some game time this season. See, that's what I was thinking too. Because a lot of people look at our midfield and like it was one of the hottest debates last season. Now they're saying it's set. You you look at Ramsey. Like I don't let this kid go out on loan. I don't think. Like uh, or does he go up to the championship from League One from last season's loan and go out to another loan for a division above? See how he can do there. Like. It's really interesting. It's like none of us have seen the highlights. If, if you say you have, you're probably lying. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> unless you are on a helicopter or something watching the whole thing. But who knows? Um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where like it's one game. We can get carried away with it. Yes, um, it's only preseason. But the squad that Arsenal actually put out, like thanks it's really weird, by the way. Like, thanks to Arsenal for actually, like, telling us that this game happened and the score and all that kind of stuff. Because, like, I don't know what's going on with Villa this preseason. Like, nothing's getting shared. <laughs> Transfers, uh, preseason games, like, nothing. Like, it's Some just random secret. things, like. It's like no. operation going on behind us. No, it's just it's all the all the Twitter is or, like, things they're putting out is, like, on this day in 2000. It's just, like, what is happening? <laughs> like... Look at this goal that Marlon Harewood scored in 2000. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure Dean Smith probably hasn't been home since the start of this transfer window. Like everyone's probably under lock and key. Like it's thing, crazy. The last
1: thing we retweeted was that um no oh, sorry, the last thing that the that the account tweeted was that oh yeah, Nyland was a substitute in the Nations League this evening. Um I bet he got on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like nothing's Happening, and it's going to be interesting. Like I'd imagine, the dominoes are going to start falling here, as we've been saying throughout this whole thing. But uh, you know what, Danny? If we don't, if you don't have anything else to say, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there.
1: Yeah, man. I'm 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 happy.
0: I'm happy, dude. I think You're I happy? think
1: we've. I think. I, look, I mean, there's, there's nothing else to talk about, is there? I mean, we're waiting for we're waiting for transfers. Yeah. We're waiting to see if Villa pull up with anybody. I mean, I think I think more than anything, this podcast
0: today was just a little bit of
1: an update because we haven't we haven't we haven't jumped on air for a little while.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, I do apologize it's been the first one in a couple weeks. It's kind of hard to make them when it's just rumors. You want more... You kind of want a bunch of them to be have more kind of substance to them. So... That's why we're kind of spreading them out. But hopefully we'll be back very soon for more of these. Of course, thank you ever so much to Danny for joining me. If you want to find him on Twitter, it's at RazaGerno. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Villa. All together we make up the Holtcast. Follow us on Twitter at 7500 to Holt. If you want to email in, I'll read them out um, at Holt, or Holtcastpod at gmail.com. I almost screwed that up again. But of course, guys, we'll see you soon. And don't forget, up the villa.